LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have David Holmes, the CEO and founder of Aperture Photography. He believes photography is a form of communication that transcends the spoken language. He has connected with people who do not speak English through the photograph. A picture is worth a thousand words and can resonate in thousands of languages with a focus on magic that he finds in daily life. He is changing the world by using art to unite people. His expertise focuses on family gatherings, events, and portraits. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with David Holmes of Aperture Photography. So today we're sitting out with David Holmes here in the Fulton Market. How are you today? Doing well, man. Awesome. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. I'm a cultural photographer in Chicago, and my goal is to use art to bring people together. And so we got really lucky because we've gotten connected through quite a few people very quickly in the art and photography realm. I'm a huge art nerd. I have like six portraits. Um, but how did you get into uh, photography in the first place? What was kind of that driving passion of yours that you are now a full-time photographer? Well, what's interesting is that, so I grew up liking comic books and, you know, superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And when I was young, I thought that, like, when you watch some TV, like, God was drawing it as it happens. Interesting. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then yeah. my, my dad was telling me, like, no, somebody draws a cartoon movie, it's like, they have cameras. And so, what ends up happening, like, when I was like four, I saw Batman, okay. Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, yeah. and then we just like, blew my mind away. And, you know, from there, watching like, Spider-Man, the cartoon, X-Men, and so my, in like, anime, so like, the way I photographed was kind of influenced by like, comic books, movies, and anime. So how I got started was, I was in college and mm-hmm. I initially was studying kinesiology at UIC. Okay, cool. And um, I'm gonna give you the condensed version. Yeah. But one day, someone told me, like, go by the art department. And I was like, okay. So I went there and I, I was like, man, this is like my people because my mm-hmm. background is exercise and fitness and massage therapy. So I was like, man, but I've always wanted to be an artist. I took those as detours. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, this is my place. And so I went there and switched majors and no one. Like supported <laughs> nobody, like, <laughs> nobody supported. Because like, oh, I wanted to be like osteopath. Okay. So when I went to um, when I went to go switch, um, I got in a program and I didn't like it. It was very conceptual. Interesting. And I want something else more like more technical. Okay. Like, All right, this is how you do this, and then you come try ideas. In a way, it was a good thing because I learned backwards in the way I wanted to okay. do it. But um, once I started taking photography and design, mm-hmm. it clicked. Where it's like, you're an artist, but you have to use something that actually works in the world. Versus like, if I paint something, it doesn't really have to, you know, it's, it's it whatever. Like, yeah. But camera, you have to operate a machine. A design, you have to think about something that can actually exist. So I graduated, 
mm, didn't really have the best time of graduation. There was a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I um, was feeling the sting from the uh, recession. Yeah. You know, I had both parents laid off, and I was working like four or five jobs, and going to school was crazy. Yeah. So one day I graduated, well, it was after I graduated, one of my close friends who I knew from the gym, mm-hmm. he was like, hey, man, one of our, one of our friends is performing at Raw Chicago in the AP Pier. Oh, cool. And I was like, he was like, you met her before. And I was like, he was like, show me a picture. I was like, I've never met this woman before in my life. He was like, yes, you did. I was like, where are you from? At the Halloween party. And I was like, who was she? He was like, Brad Frankenstein. So she had like this full get up where you, if you saw her costume, you saw yeah. her, you would not do it. I believe that, yeah. So it was awesome. <laughs> and, and around that time, like, when I went to go see, I was kind of depressed because I just got in a relationship. And I was like, yeah. But I was like, you know what? The only way things are going to change is if you, like, I had to change. Mm-hmm. This going out for this event isn't going to change everything, but it can at least create a ripple effect. Right. So I went. And this was the first time I knew, it, I saw anybody I didn't perform. And so she performed at um, Broad Chicago. And I felt like something over my heart when she was dancing. I was like, what is this? Yeah. And so we got real cool. Come to find out that was the first time she performed. A wild. Her, her first solo yeah. performance. And so I was like, hey, you know, I'm starting a photography. You know, I'm gonna, um, I would love to get some photos, you know, work. And she was like, cool. So, like, we've worked for years. Like, she would have events, and I'll go photograph her. And like just learning mm-hmm. because photographing dancers, you really don't get to practice. Right. They're they're not here for you. They're here <laughs> to perform, but you gotta catch that performance. And there's so many things going on. So that's how I got started. It's it's wild. Like I've taken photos of like live events before too with like DLSR mm-hmm. and they're just so bad because like I just I never had professional training mm-hmm. and just my concept of like, oh just click this button now is like Nope. And the people just see the end result like, oh, how did you get this perfect picture? It's like, well. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it's crazy, man, how, you know, usually with dancers, they're in somewhere dark and they have theater light. Mm-hmm. And they're far away. So you have distance, it's dark, and they're moving. So usually somebody's moving in a dark place with photography, you got to sometimes, you got to switch things up on the fly. Especially if you don't have a flash, you gotta be careful because you don't want to blind. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so you gotta really know your settings. But once you get those shots, man, it's like it's crazy. So did you learn all those kind of like tips and tricks in school, or is that just from experience? How did that kind of come um, about? I I mean they they taught me basic okay. operations of the camera in school, but I so here's another part of the story. So that same summer mm-hmm. after the recital. Her birthday was like, a, and this is Krista um, Provoznik. She's a good friend, um, good dancer, so I got to shout her out. Yeah. Um, she's like, hey, do you want to go skydiving for my birthday? And I was like, why not? I was just like, you know, I did something new. Why not, why not just go all the way? <laughs> so, and this kind of time, this also ties in um, events. So we were skydiving. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And one of the guys there, after we got done, he asked one, because we got our photos taken when we were skydiving. One of the guys there, he was like, hey, do you mind if I see the raw files? And, he, and the, you know, the camera, uh, the photographer's like, sure. And I was thinking, I was like, only photographer asked that question about raw files. So most people don't know what raw files are. Yeah. Which, they're like, when you take a photo, they're raw, where it, 
it pretty much they have all the information. It's not compressed. It's like a fully has all the information, and you can compress from there, but it has you know lighting, color, all that stuff. Okay, interesting. So, come to find out, me and him, we got real cool. He's a professional photographer, and we just got done shooting a wedding last Sunday. And this was so this is 2015, yeah, and this is 2020. We did like six or seven weddings together. His name is Ryan Brandoff, so I got to shout him out. Nice. Um, he really schooled me about like. When you're at an event, your flash, what settings you use, your lens, what type of lens. Um, I would shoot like a lot of close-ups. He's like, but they're dancers, their outfits, you know, even their shoes tell the story. So, you know, it's okay to get close-ups, but you want to get the full body. Interesting. So I was like, okay. So then I started doing that, and um, made just start progressing from there. Now, after we got done skydiving, yeah. went home. One of my friends who I just met that summer invited me to a street festival. Super cool. It was in like on Clark Street. It was kind of like on the north side. And like all these people dancing. It was kind of like carnival. Yeah. Almost. So I was like, oh, it was, it was like my first street fest. It was really cool. That's, at that point, too, you said that you learned so much from like someone at like just a wedding, right? Is that just something that you guys are consistently doing as photographers? just learning to level up and kind of make things better? Like, what do you kind of think separates someone from who's good versus someone who's great or even beyond that? I think it's like, you know, how can I make it better? Okay. It's kind of like, you know, if you read about Jordan or Kobe, they would always watch the tape, right? And they say, no matter if they won by 30 points or something, like, how, where did I make a mistake and how can I get better? Interesting. And so, you know, it's, there's always a technical aspect of, um, you know, I should, I, you know, like we're at a wedding and there's this big strobe, right? And I took a picture where the strobe was in front of the camera so you get this bright light. So, okay, I, that was the first time working with a strobe, so I didn't know what to expect. Okay, interesting. Around. And there's also like the social aspects, like, you know, if you're at a wedding and you see people like picking up chairs or sitting at the table, if you got time, offer help. You know, because it shows mm-hmm. you're, you're there more for, than just a transaction there for the actual relation. You know, okay. like you want to be there. Interesting. Yeah, I always wondered that. So, like, obviously we met, like, uh, through the fashion industry and then weddings and stuff. Explain more of that, like, the relationship of, like, how are you kind of engross yourself into the environment that you're in. Um, like, I feel... Sometimes people feel that photographers should like stand back, or but so many times they interact with people. Mm-hmm. Walk us through kind of like that thought process and how you do that so successfully. I would say like honestly, the best thing is like when you see somebody make kind of eye contact. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Introduce yourself. Shake hands. Hand one, shake hand. You know, just give me elbow. Yeah. Back, and just hey, you know, my name is Debbie. I'm a photographer. You know, and you know, you just talk from there. Introduce yourself. You know, and, and ask them like, would you mind if I take your picture? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you, you, know, you just come off work, you don't want to, you don't want to yeah. camera your face. You, know? you, got, <laughs> you got like a Tom Cruise, you know? no, please get the camera on my face. Yeah. So just ask them, and they say no, like don't take it personally. Like they just at that moment in time, they just didn't want their photo taken. Yeah, so like for a prime example of that, right, is um, we were at a really cool event, the Elevate event, mm-hmm. and that kind of morphed into like us like meeting the same people, talking. And then kind of morphed into like you taking a bunch of really great photography or photos of a bunch of the group, right? Mm-hmm. And so in that position of yours, are you kind of expecting to do that when you go to like events? 
Uh, and then how do you kind of exchange contact info? Like walk us through that as a photographer. Um, one thing is like Instagram is really cool because let's say you don't have a business card and I, you know, I mm -hmm. keep someone, but let's say you don't have a business card, somebody doesn't have a business card and you can swap that, you know? And um, it, you know, one thing is like, if I go to a place that's good like fashion or something mm -hmm. that's out of the ordinary, I always bring my, my camera just okay. in case. Because this is the way I like to think of it. It's like, I'd much rather have it and not need it mm -hmm. than not bring it and need it. You well, know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, so it's like, you know, not saying you got to turn to a full-fledged gig, but like, you know, you talk to me, you get a few shots, talk to the owner who runs the place, and then you work from there. Super cool. So like, just like constantly networking, just kind of putting yourself out there, just getting on people's radar. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and because if you think about it now, man, I was just talking to somebody earlier today, literally about an hour, an hour ago. You know, back in the day, like you look at the Renaissance artists, mm -hmm. they create the, some of the best work ever. None of them owned their work, right? So they did some massage with the church or the state. Yep. And they're dead, and this church or the state has their work. Their families don't. Mm -hmm. Even the people create Superman, Batman, the Avengers, their families aren't getting paid from that. Right. Because they were work for hire. But see, now like with social media, it's like you could be an artist, a creator, and you own your stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of like musicians, they're owning their stuff. Interesting. Um, my favorite singer, Maxwell, he just signed a new deal. He owns his masters. You know, if you don't own your masters, somebody can make a commercial with your song and make all the money and you're not making them. Yeah. You know? That's super interesting. Um, and so, like, when you've done, like, a lot of shoots, you said, kind of with some of our mutual friends, like, around Samba and stuff like that, is kind of live performances, live events, kind of, like, your, your thing now? It's like you did, like, weddings, you said you did festivals and stuff. Is that kind of where you like doing it, or do you do more private, like, one-on-one -on -one shoots? What kind of, like, services do you offer? Well, I, I have well, worked like, a lot of uh, events, um, mm -hmm. non-profits. I've done, like, one-on-ones, uh, like, weddings, Engagement shoots. I'm actually planning one right now. The buddy of mine, I'm not gonna say his name. Yeah. <laughs> say his name, But you know, I would say the things that drive me the most are cultural events that are outside my culture. Interesting. So I'm an African American man, grew up South Side Chicago. I've uh, worked um, extensively with like the Brazilian, the Colombian communities. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, like, even though I don't speak Spanish, I don't speak Portuguese, and I didn't grow up in those countries, I still feel there's, like, a bond there. Where it's, like, just because we're from different cultures, different countries, even different continents, mm. there's still that relation. Like, we have a mutual friend yeah. who, like, we, we go listen to jazz. You know, and it's just really cool how when you love art, man, mm. you don't need to speak the same language. Because just your appreciation of art is the language you're going to be speaking. Right. Now technology, you pull out Google Translate, and it'll, be a, it'll be a, a horribly translated message, but yeah. they'll, get, they'll, get the, uh, they'll get the gist of it. Because you've been uh, publishing quite a few different things I saw on your website, right? Is that kind of what motivates you? Is just kind of expanding your horizons, or what kind of like motivates you through a lot of your career? I would say, like, you know, starting it, one thing I love was just... When I saw my friend dance, mm -hmm. and that's a performance, which you can never recreate that again. Okay. And so that's one thing, like, you know, my uh, aperture photography, it's memories moving forward. It's like, 
of time, you take a slice of time mm-hmm. and you can hold it, right? But just as they stay, it actually grows with you because like as we get older, our relation back to that photo or that moment is going to be different because we're adding more things to it. Right. So it's like time traveling back and forth. Um, I would say the thing that I love the most are just like I said, those cultural events mm-hmm. when somebody, they're giving you a part of their life. Like, this part of my life, my people, two, three hundred years, and I'm, I'm giving it to you. Right. And it's like, wow, so this is more than just like, you know, a party. This is a celebration of a cultural tradition. And as we've all seen these past couple of years, certain cultures and traditions have been pushed against as far as like representation. Right. And so when someone decides that they want to partner up with you and utilize your services, either as a host of a big event, like a you know, a huge event with a lot of photographers or like you're the only photographer there, like a wedding or a one-on-one. What are people kind of expecting from you from like the get-go? Like, are you guys have contracts? Do you like agree upon a lot of things up front? How does that all kind of play out? A lot of it's uh, communication. Okay. And a lot of uh, the weddings I've worked with, I've been like a second shooter. Okay. And, I, and honestly, weddings is probably best to get two people because one person not going to see everything. Yeah. So you need somebody that's going to fill in the gap. Um, and, and I mean, it all, it all depends on what they're looking for. Okay. Like, I remember I had a, a lady I met. I never even met her person. I just, mm-hmm. it was like on a, um, a page on Facebook. It was like Brazilians of Chicago. Somebody recommended me to photograph. And so it's engagement. Mm-hmm. Like, they already got engaged. They just want photos by the lake. So we went there. And this was during COVID. So let's go by the bean. The bean had bars around it, right? Yeah. So the so the go take photos around The bean was in jail. So we had to adapt. So we still took a few of them. You know, you, you oriented where we didn't see the bars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, COVID really put a monkey wrench in things. So it's like, I remember I did a Kingston Editor this past summer. It was like, we're going to go to the Adler Planetarium on a Sunday. That Sunday, they happened to have a graduation. Oh, crazy, yeah. So it's like, you know, you can have a plan, but always I tell people, you know, just in case mm-hmm. there's something going, because Chicago's a big city, there's something always going to yeah. have a contingency plan. Um, I did a, a, a birthday with my friend Elsa. Um, she was there at the elevator with Elsa. Oh, uh, yeah. Salsa. Hi, Salsa. <laughs> um, we did a birthday, right? It turned into a snowstorm. Interesting. Like, bro. <laughs> like, I was like, we're gonna do it. It said snow a little bit. Then that day, it was, it was the car was getting stuck. <laughs> but we knocked it out, you know? So, uh, it's those things like, you can't really be rigid with it. Fair. Especially if you're outside because the elements, man. And then when you're doing the virus, it's like, certain things be closed down. And you can't park on a certain area. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people kind of don't usually know after you take the photos, it takes time for you to do some work mm-hmm. after that before returning them. Mm-hmm. Walk us kind of through that process and then their expectations of like when they can actually have their photos to, to share and cherish. Um, it, it, so it also like, it uh, depends like the size of the event. Like you know, okay. if it's like a wedding, which is rough, like a 12 hour idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
it's so you got all the photos, and of course, not all of them are going to be cherries, right? So you, you know, kind of get rid of the ones. First, you got to transfer the data. So like sometimes, like this past um, wedding, shot on three cameras, right? So it's three cards, and like so it was shooting big files because it's better shooting a larger file where you can compress it than shooting a compressed file. Because if you, if you have a compressed file, you have more images. Well, when you blow them up, you see they might be pixelated. Yeah. Go, you can't really manipulate the colors. So it's like, look at them, okay. And one thing I try to do is get the colors as close to what I saw. Okay. Sometimes people, like, when I'm doing things with, like, um, like the Columbia, Brazilian, they're very colorful people. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to show that. When I think of, like, Columbia, I think of just these rich colors. I was like, and I'm not trying to not just like kind of like a cartoon. Yeah. Because you know, like in in here in the United States in Chicago, it's not very colorful. Agreed. Especially now, it's very gray and brown. Mm -hmm. But if you go like Brazil, Colombia, you get these like kind of like your jump shoot. You get yeah. these rich blue, these whites, these yellows, these reds. I was like, I want to shoot that's like fruit, like skills. Yeah. That's what I want to shoot. <laughs> skills and stars. So. For something like that, that's what I'm gonna do. But for like a wedding, it'll be more natural colors, um, and then just things like all right, highlights, shadows, just trying to get it as close to how I saw it as possible, mm -hmm. while still maintaining people's eyes, you know, their skin, um, textures in the dress, and that's it's very difficult. Like if it's a dark room and you got a flash, or if it's a really bright room, sometimes those highlights would be like kind of like washed out a little bit. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so it, it's, it's very, it's very technical, like, when you go through the editing process. Yeah. And so then, are you doing a lot of stuff in, like, Photoshop, or are you just kind of adjusting the shades, and then, like, how long does it usually take to get people their end product? I would say, like, for, like, something like a, um, like, a, like, a wedding or something that's, like, four hours or more, mm -hmm. usually about a week like if it's 12 hours it's yeah. gonna take a little, little longer than that because it's like you have so many images Fair. it's one thing editing them but to curate them so like the software I use you can use tabs right where you put like certain things in certain orders because mm -hmm. you don't want to have like you know books are in chapters yeah. you just don't want to give somebody a big old book <laughs> you break it up you might have 40 photos in this folder then like 50, you might even have 100, but it's mm -hmm. like to break it up and then to deliver it digitally. Super cool. And so like, what kind of recommendations do you have for people like wanting to break into photography? I would say, man, like, start with your phone. Mm -hmm. if, you have, if you have a smartphone that came out in the past five years, it's more than ad adequate to take a photo, especially like in this room. I mean, it's not super bright, but you can take a decent photo with your phone. I mean, like, you, these walls were like a champagne color. Yeah. I mean, you could do a headshot right here with the phone. And if you can, like, even with this light, you could do it. You know, with the phone, just work on it. Like, it's not going to be perfect. Right. But just understand composition. You know, just if you have pets, pets are good. If you have, like, little siblings or children, that's good because pets and children are unpredictable. Mm -hmm. They're always moving around. And you, they might be playing with their toys, but they're smiling. And you take a photo of that, it's like, wow, I 
caught that boom, my child. Yeah. Means you're never gonna have that moment again because they're gonna grow up, mm-hmm. right? So I would say start with the phone. And honestly, there's a app. There's so many apps you can use. Um, since I use like Photoshop or they have a program, Photoshop called Adobe Camera Raw, which okay. is kind of like Lightroom. But they have Lightroom on the phone, where it's like you pay some like. 10 bucks a month you can have like it's literally photoshop on your phone nice and like you can you can edit everything on there yeah i feel like a lot of my friends who are on like social media they have like the best like general pictures are the ones that take pictures all the time so they're just like just sitting there getting used to it figuring out Mm -hmm. what works or what doesn't and then like oh cool like we have this cool picture of like us the lake Mm -hmm. i think i took one picture it was terrible good job So you said um, you say you got a new phone, right? Yeah. Uh, which one is it? Uh, the, uh, the iPhone 13. Yep. Okay. Is that the Pro? No, I got oh. the, the smaller one. Yeah. So they have on um, Apple. They re- they released it on the 11. Mm-hmm. They had the Pro versions. So what happens is on the Pro and Pro Max. No, I think they started with the 12. Okay. But they have something called uh, Apple Pro Raw, which. It's a different setting on your camera. Okay. Which my buddy just got one, and it's like you can take some really cool photos there. They have like three or four lenses on there. Interesting. And they have a telephoto lens on there, which is be perfect for portraits mm-hmm. because what it does is you'll be sharp and focused. But if you have like let's say you're about a lake and there's some buildings, the buildings would be blurry. Yeah. So it's a, it's called depth of field. So like the you, the the person you're photographing will be sharp. And the background be blurry, and it's just what they're doing with these phones, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Like new Samsung, mm-hmm. it has something like the zoom on it was ridiculous, man. And it has like really good low light photography with mm-hmm. a phone. Yeah. I mean, granted, it ain't isn't like a full fledged Sony before a phone. Right. It's really cool. And there's like so many of those ads to on billboards that iPhones like taking with an iPhone, mm-hmm. and then it's some picture that's like blown up on a, a billboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just cool to like to see that like something like that as a, a hobby, such as photography, really just comes down to like how hard you want to work and how hard like you actually want to like play around with it, opposed to going out and spending like the most expensive camera or something of the nature. You know, it's funny. Um, a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, Hi Daisy, um, she's really cool. She's she's a dancer, uh, photograph. She's like really cool. She just I took one of the best photos of her. She was she she was a Simon dancer. She mm-hmm. won a Simon Queen competition. There's this photo where it's just her being her, and I just can't capture it. Yeah, I don't like say oh I'm this ex. I was like yeah. you were doing your thing, and I just pressed the button. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's um. She she was like she's like I don't think about getting photography, and um, what camera should I get? I was like let's just start with something small. Start something it, it, it takes good stuff with the phone. Start with something small. Yeah. Three hundred bucks. Find a use on eBay just to learn. Like you don't have to buy anything like two grand. You know if you you're making two grand for something that means like you know how to use every aspect of that. You know if you start with like a lower a camera four or five years old. I mean the technology improved, but the basic requirements are there mm-hmm. you know shutter speed aperture white balance it's really put a lens on that's a battery that memory card that's really about it you know yeah. I mean I'm, I'm oversimplifying but like 
those things you really the only things you gotta worry about is you start getting more technical, you start thinking about sensor size and all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean I think there's a lot to explore that's like kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But it's also to your point, like just get out there and take some photos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when Christmas comes along, you can walk down Mission Avenue and start taking photos of Macy's in the window. Because mm-hmm. they're so lit up, even if it's dark, it'll still be a relatively good photo. And then, like, it'll be good out the, out the camera. But if you just want to add some juice to it, there's so many apps now we can just, like, play around the highlights. Because, you know, so you got a lot of lights. You might have some glare, um, shadows. Uh, go by the Chicago Theater Center and take photos there. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, you learn. <laughs> cool. So what else do you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? Man, I would just say, like, just anybody who wants to be an artist, you know, me, it took me about 15 years to really say, you know what? Forget what other people are saying. I'm going to do me. Because, like I said, I really didn't get, like, a lot of support. I'm not knocking anybody. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know how it is, you say you want to art people, you know, star yeah. artist was like, don't identify with the starving artist, start, identify with being successful with anything you do. And, you know, I want to, my goal is I would like to create something where, you know, me, I want to, I want to draw comic books, but when I graduate high school, you know, I have money yeah. for Columbia. Right. Our, our, if you go to a college, art college, that's at least eighty to $100,000, especially now. Who has that type of money? <laughs> Not a lot of people you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's like, that's, that's, a, that's a state school. In art schools, you got to get computers, camera, and, all, and yeah. I would say, like, believe you can do it, but I want to create someone's like, all right, teach these kids art because we all, we all are creative at something. Mm-hmm. There's something we, every single person on earth is creative it's just when you don't tap into it sometimes you let it die you or you let people kill it or sometimes you might even kill it yourself it's like well it's not happening why do I have this I'm not, I'm not doing anything with it but so I'm going to create something like alright look if you you take good photos with the iPhone hey let's get you let's get you tight mm-hmm. and then we can progress to like a digital camera and then we keep going from there if you like to, if you're a dancer, and you know, like a lot of people say, if you don't, you, a lot of dancers make it big. Let's say you don't actually go on stage, but you can like teach people body awareness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Posture, teach them about art. You know, just just keep doing. It. Just there's gonna be days where you, where it sucks. Yeah. It's gonna suck, but like if you keep doing it, and most importantly, get around other people mm-hmm. who are doing similar things because you never know. You might hear somebody talking, it might spark an idea that gets you out your rut. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, like, keep working at it and get in a community of artists who is a supportive community of artists. Cool, yeah. that's, that's super helpful. Let's wrap with that. Awesome, thank you. I appreciate you, bro. This episode is sponsored by Bites Asian Kitchen and Tropical Bar. The best of times are always shared at the table. Superb Asian food and tropical cocktails, paradise also awaits you at Bites. We at Bites believe that food is more than merely a part of survival. It is our passion. It has the power to transcend languages, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, we share our culture with new friends and old. We share a piece of who we are, and by coming together for meals, we try good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, we want to celebrate cultures from around the world. 
We've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, and more. We're also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how we shape our menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that constantly evolving, a new story awaits you at Bites. And probably me. <laughs> Clarification, moved away from the Buddha, moved on over to the Rose Cava. You know, gotta get this body back in tip-top shape to be a male model. Please stop by and join us at Bites. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.